0: You are listening to a Big MX Radio podcast, brought to you by Fly Racing, presented by W Wheels, X-Brand Goggles, Tech One Designs, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Trans Canada Sports, Rhino Power, Sports Supplements, Westside Honda, Roy Borton Suspension Systems, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Motocross and Supercross news from around the globe. We're not experts, but we've got a microphone. Check us out on the web at www.bigmxradio.com. And now, here's your host, Brad Gebhardt. Welcome to the Big MX Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing. I am your host, as usual, Brad Gebhardt. But with me on the line, two of my favorite bench racing compadres, my favorite photographer, Mike Sweeney. Hello there. And everyone's favorite YouTube sensation, and my favorite follow on Twitter, Tony Blazer. Hello, gentlemen. Gentlemen, Anaheim 1 is just behind us. We had been waiting for this for a couple of months now. I know after Monster Cup, everything kind of hushes down. You, everyone goes into their corners and, and just tests and tests and tests. A lot of hype was brought in around a couple of riders. There was a lot of mysterious uh, testing and stuff like that. We weren't uh, we weren't really sure of what was going to come to the table for a lot of these guys. What's your overall impression of this race? Uh, starting out with Mike, what, what'd you think, buddy?
1: Uh, I thought we saw some great heat racing. Uh, wasn't a fan okay. of wasn't a fan of the track at all. Um, you know, I, I don't like the gimmick sections, like the sand section. Um, you know, whatever they do, especially if it's so
0: one line like that,
1: you know, it's, to me, it's just like, it's super cross, make it super cross. Give us, you know, give the rider something that challenges them. Give a, give the fans something good. Yeah. You know, limit the number of 90 degree corners, get more 180 corners in there. And, uh, now there's some corners in the middle of the track that they could build some berms up on. It's, they don't need, you know, these slatter corners in every corner. So to me, it's, uh, the track could definitely promote better racing. And I think that was an issue as far as that went. So I think you heard that from the riders as far as the track being one line.
0: Totally agree. Tony, same question.
2: Yeah, I actually agree with Mike. I mean, the, the track did seem pretty simple, but it didn't look like there's a lot of options for the riders. Um, it wasn't a particularly inspired design, but uh, um, the kind of thing that stunk was, as you saw in the mains, I mean, you know, whoever got out front pretty much just checked out. There wasn't a whole lot of options. There weren't there seemed like a lot of ways people could make things happen other than, you know, going in there and just ramming somebody off the track or something's about the only option to make a pass. So uh, a lot of times A one is kind of a sedate track. I think they do seem to try and, uh, you know, where people, I mean, where the guy's in nice and slow, as opposed to like back in the early 2000s where you, you know, a couple of times you'd see a guy like Carmichael or one of the big stars, you know, going their head at a one. I think they're trying to prevent that from happening, but I think the result sometimes is some uninspired track designs, you know,
0: Absolutely. I agree. You know, uh, I turned on my television to check out the track and and see. I remember obviously I saw the map beforehand and what I noticed was a a cluster of 90 degree corners before the end of the race. So I knew it wasn't going to come down to the very last corners unless there was some serious uh, running in on, on people. I noticed there's a lot of room on the floor that wasn't used based on how they laid things out. I thought they definitely could have used uh, that real estate a little bit better as well as uh, the jump combinations. I kind of thought that uh, that kind of step on, step off, double into the corner was going to turn into maybe somebody step over and triple into the corner. That never came up. Uh, And yeah, like you said, everything was kind of cookie cutter. There wasn't a lot of ways to separate guys and when it comes to that – basically the person that's able to put in the fastest laps is the guy who's out front with clean air and can just go out there and throw down the lap how he wants and that's what you found with those two main events in fact even the the for the leads of the the main or the heat races they for the most part those were gone in a away kind of what what we, we were seeing is that these guys were getting out front, establishing themselves, and then everybody else fights it out. Um, as we saw, there was some some rough play. Uh, Tyler Bowers getting into it with uh, Osborne, but in my opinion, first of all, the guy's got to make a statement. I'm here and I'm here to race, which he did that not only in the post-race uh Little interview there, but on the track, he 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 put it in there on Osborne. Some would say a little bit flagrant. I would say honestly, that's a, a clean pass or a, 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 an assertion of his dominance. And you know what? He's a big boy, and uh, that's that's the way he's been racing for the last number of years. And uh, I, I'm, I was happy to see the, uh, make it. Of course, I love Zachy Poo, but uh, I'm, I'm here to see some uh, to be entertained. And that to me was entertaining racing. Well, how do you feel about that pass, Mike?
1: Oh, I thought it was fine. I mean, you know, he used used Zach for traction, basically. And, uh, you know, it's Supercross. And, you know, like Tyler said, you know, he's there to win a championship. He's not there as a part-time rider. And, you know, he didn't start it. He finished it, though. And uh, I don't have a problem with that at all. To me, that's just good racing.
0: And yourself, uh, Tony?
2: I agree 100%. I thought it was... uh, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, when you thought, saw it happen in real time, it looked worse than it was when they showed the other replay. Yep. I think, uh, you know, Zach maybe kind of whiskey throttled a little bit when he came in on him and, and made it look like it was a lot more spectacular. You know, at first it looked like kind of like uh, an old Bradshaw chicken move or something where he punted in, you know, like, over two burns. But uh, when you saw the replay, it wasn't nearly as bad as it looked. I thought it was fine. I mean, yeah. I, I think there's, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, – as long as you're not doing something crazy like – um, doing like scrubbing under somebody or hitting the midair or cutting over in the air on them or something like that. that I mean that.
0: Or stopping and waiting like sort Yeah. Of I
2: mean that's ridiculous. But, but if you're just going to come in and uh, you know, rub on somebody a little bit, give them a little love tap on the corner, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's, that's supercross That's what it's about, you know? Yeah, it definitely wasn't totally,
1: a tackle. you know?
2: Yeah. Not even he close. And it, the actually, guy.
0: once they did the replay, you'll notice that, uh, I don't know if you guys can go back. I'm sure it's on YouTube by now. Uh, when uh, Osborne gets ejected from that berm he's got wheel spin meaning he's on the gas there which yep. kind of lets me know that he kind of had looped out and, and, and gone so um, and also I didn't think he had it saw it coming and I know both of you are uh, big hockey and football fans some of the biggest hits or the most spectacular looking hits not necessarily the most devastating hits are ones that are delivered to players who are unsuspecting? Of course, when you're not ready to take a hit, you're going to explode. You're going to be laid out. Same thing for Zach Osborne. Wasn't expecting that type of contact, so his reaction to that was exaggerated based on the fact that he wasn't riding defensively. And like, no, in the future, maybe if he rides a little bit more defensive or weights the inside of his motorcycle a little bit better, he's able to sustain that impact, and they can complete the corner together. But in this instant, not able to do so. Do you think that uh, I'm, I'm I, I might be onto something there, Michael? Yeah,
1: I do. You know, if Zach wasn't expecting that, that's Zach's fault because he's been around the block long enough that, you know, he should know who he's rubbing with, and he should know that, you know, if a guy like Tyler Bowers gets bumped by him, and he's not expecting to get the same back, you know, that's a rookie mistake. And uh, you know, Zach's definitely not a rookie, so you know. He's got to burden some of the responsibility on that one.
2: And Tony? Yeah, I mean, it's just like what happened with uh, Cole Seeley and uh, Western Pike. You know, if you go messing with a guy like a, a Pike or a Bowers or, you know, somebody that you know is not going to uh, put up with that kind of stuff, you got to expect that it's going to come back at you, you know. it's If he didn't see that coming or didn't expect some, something from Bowers, I think, you know, unfortunately it's on Zach. You've know, you got to know the guys coming in the inside of you there and you got to protect your line, you know.
0: Totally. And that's the way the guy races since for the last five years, like in arena cross, it's all about close quarters racing and retaliation immediately after getting either squared up. Pinched off or passed, so like it's it's something they have to stay on top of. Uh, Let's move straight into the 250s. I've got some questions for you guys. I'm gonna basically ask them for you, both 250s and 450s, because I think that they're they're gonna be able to pertain to both. We'll get some banter going. Uh, But uh, first, Mike, I gotta ask, going into A1, by the way that these guys are riding and the way they asserted themselves, who do you think looked best prepared to come into A1 and do his job?
1: Uh, individual rider without a doubt, our winner, uh, Jesse Nelson, <laughs> the kid looked fantastic. Um, it actually is a team. I would say that they look pretty good too. Um, yeah, you know, I went through and I took, you know, the teams that had two or more riders, like took took top two scores and just add them up, you know, see so an aggregate and, uh, yeah. TLD, KTM came away with a score of seven. So, I mean, you know, they have a pretty darn good start to the season, going there with their uh their two guys, you know. They got Jesse Nelson in first and Shane McElrath in sixth. So that's a that's a good start to the season for those guys.
0: No kidding. Yeah, absolutely. Um like in my opinion I think that they, they, they did very well. Of course you will have to uh, add in uh Darren Durham as their third rider who doesn't uh who doesn't make their average uh two sterling but nevertheless, uh, I expect better things from him, but as a whole, the K- that KTM team, although didn't uh, make a splash with their gear, they made a splash in the results by uh, putting two guys uh, well inside the top 10. In fact, both of them within the top six, uh, far exceeding uh, the Pro Circuits team, as well as uh, both their riders uh, ended up in front of every, uh, both of the, uh, the Yamaha, uh, actually, wait, Star Racing's uh, Plessinger ended up fifth, so like a, a good showing for uh, for Star Racing as well. But like I said, like I said, um, that KTM team doing well. So that's 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 who you'd pick. That's the uh, as a team, the Red Bull team, and uh, individually Jesse Nelson, obviously coming away with the win. Got to imagine he took some things away from working with Alden, and then now in his own program, uh, really making things happen.
1: Yeah, no, he definitely did good. And continuing on the team thing, that, like I said, same thing. If you just take your top two finishers on a team, uh, okay, Star Yamaha actually finished second with a 12, uh, then Rockstar Husky with a 13. So you're, you're, those are your top uh, three, not a Honda in sight.
0: No kidding. Yeah, actually. And uh, I'm not too sure if you guys noticed, but uh, the... There's a bit of a switch from last year. I know it was, it was almost comical to notice how many Hondas were on the line. Yep. Uh, I later found out that a good portion of those privateers last year were actually riding 2013 Hondas, uh, which were readily available to these riders that were, that were performing really well. But uh, I've come to knowledge that uh, Yamaha has provided a lot of these riders with uh, some factory assistance, some factory help, Yamaha 250Fs. Littered throughout the uh, the main event finishers, uh, we got four.
2: Yeah, you're right. That's a total flip seven, flop. You know how many?
0: Yeah, like that's crazy. Yeah. What uh, What do you think about this whole thing, there, Tony? Well, I mean, the
2: the the first Honda guy is tenth. It's Michael Levine, tenth. Yeah, I mean that's amazing when you consider how um, how things have looked the last few years, where Yamahas were just you know almost as non-existent as Suzuki's in the 250 class. You know, it's it's yeah. um, I'm, which there were none. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, that's a sad story. One but, tried to qualify. Them. Well, you know, God bless him. Um, the, obviously, <laughs> the KTM thing uh, with Husqvarna being basically a KTM as well. They're obviously on a major roll. Um, but to see Honda all oh, the way back in tenth, man, that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, I guess if you had if Malcolm hadn't, you know, yard sailed himself there, um, maybe that would have been you know different, but. Uh, still pretty amazing. You, you know, I, I'm glad for Yama. Like I said, they had a pretty tough run the last few years, and it's pretty cool to see them having so much success the last couple. Um, if you're talking about, like, uh, guys who impress me um, as far as being prepared, I, I agree with Mike. You have to say, you know, obviously the guy had one Jesse Nelson, and which actually is kind of a surprise to me. I, I thought he'd be pretty good, you know. Uh, he obviously showed some uh, speed last year in the Nationals, but I sure as heck didn't expect him to come out here and just smoke everybody, which is uh, pretty amazing, really.
0: Totally agree, and uh, um, I, with respect to Jesse Nelson, who uh, I'm also excited to hear to see that he responded to me on Instagram just now. Looks like he wants to do a podcast with Big M X Radio, which is a huge, huge thing for me. Um, but uh, nevertheless, I will pick Tyler Bowers for the uh, for the most prepared. Because let's face it, guys, this guy was your reigning king of basically your B list series and it's a shorter series that like he was kind of the big dog in a small pond if that makes any sense at all uh he he dominated there and he's a big dude he's about 195 pounds on like racing against 150 pound guys like he he's really not he's a really big dude And he had to fight his way on a track that you guys admitted was a tough track to pass on. He ended up coming from 10th on the first lap up to 3rd. And when it got to the nitty-gritty at the beginning there, he ended up having to pass Hanson, who was going backwards in a big way. He had to pass Shane McElrath, uh, Plessinger, Hill, who was on a tear throughout the entire moto, which I think I got a little bit tired at the end there. My guy is, is Tyler Tyler Bowers, he flew the flag for Cowie, and uh, in my opinion he was uh, a man on a mission. He was definitely a fast moving rider out there, and uh, if, if not, uh, I think if he would have been able to get into third a little earlier, he might have been able to catch Osborne, and those guys might have teed off again, what would happen then?
1: It would have been fun to watch.
0: No kidding, absolutely. That would have been something to watch for sure. Uh, let's move on to our next question. And um, so, Michael, um, who's leaving Anaheim 1 a little bit worried? His fingernails are probably already gone to think that, A, he didn't do enough work in the off season, he hasn't been testing enough, the bike's not nearly where it needs to be, or he just doesn't have the speed right now. Who's worried?
1: Uh, from a team perspective, you got to think that Mitch Payton's leaving kind of worried. Uh you know, Chris Aldridge didn't even make the night show. And uh, nope. he's basically leaving with a one-man team. So as far as the 250 goes, the team guys go. you got to wonder uh, how uh, how Mitch is feeling. And then uh, you got to wonder about Malcolm Stewart. You know, is he going to uh, be able to get it together? Is he having confidence issues? Is he having bike issues? Uh, you know, what's going on with him? A, a the 22nd place, basically, is definitely not expected of him.
0: Um, actually uh, Aldridge did he uh, he qualified uh, 16th out of uh, in the morning uh, during qualifying and he uh, but he did not I'm get sorry the yeah. he did not he, make the uh, man okay, yeah. okay.
1: Yeah, yeah that's what I
0: meant by the nutshell he did not not nearly know. as dominant as he should have been either Yeah.
1: no no I, I didn't think he was good and you kind of wonder about Josh Hansen too is, you know, he made a lot of noise about how he went backwards he got tied, he got arm pumped um, you know, I know there's a lot of trap uh, a lot of talk during the off season that he was, you know, working really hard, getting in shape, um, you know, and then he was gonna be ready to race and, you know, compete for the championship perhaps. So it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to that. Because He definitely looked at times like he had some great speed and you know, some great flow as always. So it'll be uh interesting to see how he bounces back as box.
0: For sure, I can't. I, I totally agree. I expected better from him, and uh, I don't, I'm not too sure if he's worried. But because uh, um, Hanson just doesn't seem like the kind of guy to uh, to really be worried about his program. But uh, I agree. I think he, uh, he's definitely a little bit disappointed, and uh, in his heart of hearts, knows he hasn't done enough work. Uh, what are your thoughts, Tone?
2: I um I agree with Mike on Malcolm. You know, I'm not sure if he was you know injured at all in that that crash but it didn't look good when it happened i was amazed he didn't blow no. his knee or something it looked nasty but uh
0: even his shoulder was under the other yeah arms, it was so. not
2: good <laughs> hopefully he's okay but i think the guy who if i'm yeah. um even though he got second last week it's it's zach osborne because you know he's pretty much acknowledged he's a broken thumb from that uh, collision with bauer so i'm like okay you got second that's great but uh, a lot of times it's easier to tough it out that person i know, any of us who've uh crashed and hurt themselves and it out the rest of the race, realized the next day is much worse and the next week is even harder still so I'd be curious to see if he's you know, even able to to race through this thing next week um, that would be a major concern, you know, you figure he's missed a lot of races the last couple of years with injury, so I'd hate to see another season go up and smoke to an injury you know
0: Totally agree. You know, um, he's been kind of a little bit made of glass lately, and uh, from what I know of that uh, type of injury, I don't doubt that he most likely got a, a shot on uh, in the in that thumb. To, to basically make it super, super numb. Uh, I can imagine them fabricating a brace over the, over the week to try and minimize that. Of course, I don't think he's going to do any riding this week whatsoever, uh, try and mend that thing as best he can. But uh, when push comes to shove, when the gate drops in Phoenix, he will not be at 100%. And personally, a guy that I don't think... Uh, was a, a title favorite coming in like obviously he's a guy you talk about but he's not really he's a contender not a favorite and when a contender uh, isn't racing at 100% uh, he he they have a hard time uh, competing and doing well so uh, in my opinion uh, he's definitely got to be worried about that 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 thumb and uh, I don't doubt that he'll probably take another shot in that to minimize the sensation. But uh, again, I think he's going to be walking wounded for at least the first three rounds, um, and not doing a lot of riding. Like these, this is the time when a lot of these guys they find out what their race bike is doing on the track, and they go ahead and make some changes week to week. He won't be making those changes, and that's going to be detrimental to him. What do you think, Tone?
2: Yeah, when you think about, uh, wait till we get a set of really gnarly whoops, too. I mean, you know, you're exactly. if you can't hold on with your hands, it's only a matter of time before you know something bad happens. <laughs> So that that would be a major concern. I mean I like Zach a lot. I hope heck, he can come back from this, but it's I would definitely be concerned. It's it's probably not looking great, you know.
0: For sure. Do you think maybe he uh goes over and uh and talks to Nelson about riding without
2: one? <laughs> yeah, maybe there's comparing notes on the uh on the podium there. I, I mean the problem with that is obviously uh Nelson's had a little while to get used to that. Uh I don't think it'd be I know Travis did it years ago. I remember him, he raced you know, a couple times with the cast on and stuff, but I mean, I couldn't believe he did it even then. I, you know, These guys are pretty gnarly, and, uh, yeah, he can probably take a, a shot to numb it, but, yeah, you might not feel the pain, but you're still not going to have the strength of that grip on the bar, the feel of what the bike's exactly. doing and stuff. It, it's tough. I, I I think it's his left hand, so it's not as bad probably as if it was his, you know, throttle hand, but um, still mm-hmm. cannot be good going forward. You know, it's definitely a concern.
0: Well, he does have the uh, the actuation of a uh, fully hydraulic clutch, which might help him out a little bit, but if you remember, uh, Zach Osborne's one of those guys who believes heavily in putting on those sleeves between rides to uh, basically minimize that arm pump, so he is a guy who deals with some arm pump, uh, so that being said i kind of i'm worried a little bit about that sensation in the hand if he, if he was able to ride this race almost completely kind of on his own sitting in second place and up until the last uh, little like the close to the end there wasn't really contested so if he's in traffic if he's having to dice with people is he going to be as sharp is he going to be a danger to himself or others yet to be seen so um so I guess we covered it a little bit, uh, but uh, Mike, moving on to our next question: uh, What is Mitch? What's what's Mitch Payton? Wow, what's Mitch Payton feeling right now?
1: Uh, you know, I think he's happy about Bowers. I think you can expect Bowers to be competing. You know, on the for the top step every week. You know, going right through the the West. Um, I don't know how much expectations he could have had for Chris Aldridge. I mean, he doesn't sign best to go there and ride around the track and not finish well, uh, to be certain. Nope. Uh, but you know, I doubt he was yelling and screaming at him as well. Um, but I would expect better results from, from Chris, you know, as, as the, as the season progresses. Um, you know, he, Mitch didn't get where he is by, uh, expecting anything but winning and I'm sure they'll get there. So it's just a matter of, uh, Sorting things out and getting there.
0: Totally agree. I think uh, Aldridge he's he's got like obviously a there's nerves of your very first Supercross. Uh, I don't know how long he's been racing full time super or riding full time Supercross. Um, and, and, and this is there's a, there's a learning curve, but uh, I, as as we know, um, all these riders are expected to perform like you race like as Matt Walker said when uh when you're racing for Mitch Payton you're expected to win championships of course uh, Matt never did uh but nevertheless um it's it's that's what's expected of you so uh like I'm sure the message would be clear but not I don't I don't think uh Mitch would be throwing things so Tony uh if you're Mitch Payton right now uh what's your thoughts after a 1
2: I think you'd be super pumped cuz basically Aldridge is following the Jeremy Martin um uh, blueprint you you miss the first round you don't yes. qualify you win vegas yeah. and you win the outdoor title so really i don't think he's got the worried. outdoor title exactly he'll be fine and, and he's <laughs> still got
0: ac waiting in the wings to do the same like <laughs> if you want to really talk about it. like ac didn't qualify either so there you go
2: well Ted, yeah you're right i guess technically you're correct he did not qualify um <laughs> but of course ours, because I, I mean personally I, I was really impressed with him i think uh mitch has to be pleased with how we rode i mean yeah, he. It kind of surprised me when he won a couple of years ago at Vegas. But you know, it's a, that was a weird event. It's the last race, and then that combined thing where the guys are worried about other stuff, and the bigger, you know, the the bigger title was on the line. So I didn't. Sh- I wasn't sure really what to expect from Bowers. I mean, some guys have come in from Rain Across a few times, and uh, some of them have done well, some of them not great. But uh, he looked like he's a you know a legitimate title threat, and uh, and personally. I'm sure Mitch probably, like you said, would love to have seen Aldridge do better, certainly get in the main. But I'm sure he didn't expect him to go out there and win or be a, a title contender. So uh, Bowers is probably the, the greater focus for the team right now, and uh, I think you know a third looks good. You know, I think there's no reason to think that he can't you know take the rest of this title home.
0: Absolute. Now, Michael. Mike. Is it Mike or Michael? Which do you prefer?
1: I will answer to either. All
0: right. Mike, who is your disappointment of Anaheim 1? Guy that you were, you grabbed your popcorn, the gate was about to drop, you saw Jamie Little for the first time in I don't know how long, and you were surprised as heck, but you were disappointed with somebody. Who was it? Who are you excited to watch? But definitely, um, as far as the 250s go, uh, fell below the mark.
1: You know, for me, it was Cooper Webb. I mean, as
0: team Canada wins gold, by the way.
1: Oh, there you go. Good for them. Uh, yeah, as far as, as far as that goes, it was Cooper Webb. I mean, he was just kind of out there. I mean, I don't think he got much TV time. Um, you know, I don't even really remember seeing him up on the track too much on the, on the live feed. So, um, yeah, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he was tight or, um, I don't think Justin Hill had the night he was expecting either, especially coming off of, uh, uh, the Red Bull straight rhythm and the monster cup. Um, so yeah, uh, but I got to go with, uh, I think probably the person I'm sure Cooper would agree as well as, uh, you know, seventh probably is not where he was expecting or, or looking to be. I'm sure he was expecting to be top four, you know, somewhere in there.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I think you're, you're spot on with that. Cooper Webb, uh, uh, like, underwhelming, I would say. Uh, really expected him to kind of uh, assert himself as a guy to uh, to reckon with. And seventh, and after a really bad start, uh, not quite doing it. 22 seconds off the pace by the end of the race. Uh, Tony, uh, who is your guy?
2: If I had to pick one guy, I think it'd have to be Malcolm, Malcolm Stewart. I was, you know, I'm still waiting for that uh, first win. I mean, if you're looking at a guy who's got the most raw speed but the least you know, concrete results out of it over the years. It would be Malcolm. I
0: mean,
2: mean, he's got enough speed. Honestly, you put him on, like, uh, JS7's bike, and I think he's got the speed. He could probably, you know, win a 450 main. You know, he's got that kind of raw speed, but he he just can't seem to, you know, keep it off the ground. Um, He's got, you know, the crash or win thing without the win part. Um, Maybe maybe he can't corner. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's just lousy at cornering. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe so. He's good at scrubbing, but not cornering gives him problems. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what the sure in the straight line. I think another guy that kind of was disappointing to me I was I was hoping for more out of Tommy Hahn. Now he may have been, you know, he probably had some other stuff on his mind with you know Wilbur having such a bad craft. Brother, yeah. But uh, I, would, I you know, I would hope he would have gotten inside the top ten. So yeah, I mean he's been out a couple of years, giving a couple of you know a little bit of slack there. But I was I was hoping that he would be a little more competitive. You know.
0: I agree. You know, I think, uh, I'm not sure if it was, uh, I don't think it was a case of Tommy Hahn. Uh, he did actually uh, take make some passes by the, at the end of the race, moved himself from 17th up to 14th, 13th, 14th at, uh, for the last uh, six laps or so. So he, he was on the move. Um, but his lap time suggests that uh, he kind of fell in right where you'd expect him to be. He was uh, on the bottom half of the 58s, whereas your leaders were in the 55, 50 low 56s, so uh, he's definitely got to find some speed. Uh, obviously, having been off for a little while uh, is a bit of a concern. So, um, uh, one of the guys that I thought uh, would do a little bit better than he did was uh, Mash- Matthew Bichelia. He uh, out of Texas. He's on a Honda. He's uh, he's got he's sporting one of the highest. Um, uh, national numbers uh, for that uh, that Honda team, the Geico team, and uh, in 13th place. Uh, although was in the 57s, uh, he he didn't put his race together. Um, my opinion: 13th place for Matthew Belchelia. I think coming in, he kind of pictured himself being, or at least I pictured himself. Him being a top five guy, and uh, he, he's he's off the mark for sure. Um, but uh, that that thanks for that uh, input, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, after seeing, okay, so Mike, after seeing what everyone has brought to the table so far, as far sure. as how many uh, after seeing everything that everyone's brought to the table so far in Anaheim one, how many winners are we going to see in the two fifty class? Name them.
1: Okay. Beyond Jesse Nelson, of course, uh, you're going to see Tyler Bowers win a race or two. Uh, you're going to see Justin Hill win a race or two. And here's a surprise, I think. And I might be going out of a little limb here, but I think you might see Aaron Plessinger win a race. And it's going to be one of those the stars are going to have to align correctly for it to happen. But I think that kid can win a race this year.
0: Okay, and and no, you don't think any wins for for Webb?
1: I don't know. I don't see it happen. With me, with Cooper, he's going to do it before I'll believe it. Okay. And I know that sounds crazy with me just saying that Plessinger is going to win a race, but, you know, look at Plessinger's pedigree in the amateurs, man. That kid can win supercross races. Um, so, and yeah.
0: posted the third fastest lap time in the race.
1: Yeah, you can burn them too. Um, you know, I think, yeah,
0: like I was on fire. Like that, He was know? he was moving.
1: I think Mitch Payton's probably kicking his ass for not signing Plessinger instead of Aldridge right now, but um, time will tell how that one works out. Because I think they're both going to have excellent careers going forward.
0: Right on. So that's four guys you named, five all together in turning, including Nelson over a five race series. It's going to be. Uh, it's, I think it's going to be tight. Um, I th- I think you're not off base with any of those. Uh, Tony, how many winners uh, will we see in this series, including Jesse Nelson?
2: Well, when I was putting my thoughts together on this, I, I came up with four guys, I thought. And although I did think about the Plusner thing, I think Mike may be right. That, that could happen. But in the end, I, I thought I went with, uh, of course, Jesse Nelson, of course. Um, Tyler Bowers, I think he'll win at least one or two races. Um, I think Cooper Webb will come through and get a race or two. Um I think he has the speed if he just gets a good start. And uh was just first. A1's always a weird race. You, know, you have all kinds of strange outcomes. I don't think you can put too much stock on what happened there this weekend. And uh, I think Justin yep. Hill will probably get one. I think if he gets a start, he's, he's got the speed. So, anyway, you know, he's already won a race. So um, I, I think there'll be four winners probably at the end of the series.
0: Four winners by the end of the series. Uh, that I'd love to see it. Uh, I think that uh, I, I really did not expect Nelson to come out swinging the way he did. That KTM was on fire. He showed it with the fastest lap time by almost better part of more than a quarter of a second. He was almost uh, almost half a second faster on his best lap than anybody. He led every single lap for the most part and just uh, he put it to the boys. Uh, Got to give it up to Jesse Nelson. Um Got to, got to throw it to commercial quickly. Uh, we'll, we'll get some commercials done, and we'll be right back with the 450 class with Mike and Tony. All right, guys, All right, guys. All right, guys. it's, time for, it's time for a commercial. Let's start off, Let's with, start tech off tech with, with Tech One Designs. Tech One Design, tech one design is the one-stop one stop shop, shop for everything, everything custom, custom, custom. custom when it comes to motocross or lifestyle in general. They've got apparel, t-shirts, both pitch shirts and just casual shirts. Graphics, over 24 semi-custom designs. Obviously, you can do a full custom kit yourself. Two special editions and 19 different backgrounds to choose from. Tech One Designs has been doing this for a number of years. Since 2010, they doing some unbelievable
1: graphics, you
0: name it, phone wraps, helmet wraps, neck brace, decal wraps, anything custom, they can make it happen, and uh, they've been doing so for quite some time. Um, hit them up on, at, at tech1designs.com or email jamie at tech one to get started today. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner, and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super-trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. Make your way down to Westside Honda Polaris and check out the brand new Honda Grand. Honda's revolutionary 125cc fuel-injected mini-moto ultimate weapon. A must-see for all motocross enthusiasts. From the Grom to the usual suspects like the CBR 600RR, CRF 450R, Westside Honda Polaris of Suffolk, Manitoba has you covered. Check that out on the web at westsidehonda.ca. Call toll free at 1 482 7782. Boom! Westside! Cereal B's, Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. So what do you think of Rich Taylor? Lighter
1: than hair and stronger than steel. So what that means is
2: can move much faster.
0: 2014 X brand goggles is back and better than ever. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full-blown rebuild on your forks. or or shock call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722 and we're back 450s on the line in the big mx podcast we've got tony blazer we've got mike sweeney you guys, I asked you very similar questions for uh, the 250 class. I'm going to ask them for the 450 class. Why? Because I didn't have a lot of time to think of questions.
2: <laughs> well, honestly, <laughs> is the best policy.
0: Perfect. <laughs> thought of the, thought of them all on my drive home from work after a 12-hour day personal training people who don't want the results that they ask me for. Tony, or Mike, who did you think... Came in to Anaheim 1 most prepared for success in 2015, knowing that this is the big long series. This is the 17 rounder. These guys come in, this is for all the marbles. Who came in best prepared for the 450
1: class? Uh, obviously, it's the German, <laughs> straight out of the bakery. The German, uh, yeah. It's the Germans back home on the Suzuki. And the, oh uh, no, man, he looked good, That's didn't he? Yeah. He, he, uh...
0: Yeah, he did. He looked at home. He
1: looked. Yeah. Yeah. He looked relaxed. He looked dialed in.
0: Honestly, there was, he was, his body was very quiet. If you know what I mean?
1: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. His head never moved. Um, it, it seems like he might just kind of be in a better fit overall, just personality wise, you know, with Carrie and the goat and, you know, being around pink and everything else that goes on with that RCH team. It just seems to kind of suit him. Um, you know, on a personal level too. So I think it's just, it's going to interesting to watch this season and how it continues. Um, but you know, Kenny, Kenny looks great, but you know, there's a lot of other guys that look good too. And, uh, you know, Jason Anderson, another kid right out of the bakery, uh, another fantastic result. Somebody told you last year that a Husky would be on the podium of a 450 supercross race. What would you think to that? Huh?
0: I would have said that, uh, past the Dutchie, man, and uh, that's about it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. If I would
0: have told you that at at Anaheim won, uh, that uh, the LCQ was going to be uh, won by Dean Wilson, and that uh, where is he? Cole Sealy was hot on his tail uh, in the LCQ at Anaheim, what would you have told me?
1: I said... That's crazy. Um, you know, barring some sort of a weird where they went down together or something in the semi, but uh yeah, definitely not the result that either of those riders looking for uh for the evening in general. Um but to me I think the biggest no, surprise the biggest surprise out of the four fifty class for the night was uh Mr. Millsaps finishing nineteenth and Mr. Tomac finishing twentieth, definitely uh not a result that anybody would expect out of either of those two riders.
0: Exactly, and and you know what, like, I uh, and Davy Millsaps, like, once he he went down, with like, the guy looked like he was on point the entire night, and yeah. as soon as he hit the yeah. deck, he unraveled like a ball of yarn he yep. was he went down again his lap times fell off like no tomorrow and he went back to 19th place and stayed there like he was in there i i, I know when he got up he was just a few seconds behind metcalf and i'll look at the uh, i'll quickly look at the lap time if it'll tell me and get their lap time but as soon as i'll get their lap time i'll let you know their uh,
1: you wonder. If, you wonder if it was uh, a little bit of panic on Davy's part once he crashed, and then he just got up trying too hard, you know, to catch back up,
2: and it just, you know, did him probably. Because I mean, that's probably exactly what it was. You know, you figure he probably realizes that you know, there's just whole things unraveling, and you know, I think we've all been there. You know, you, you press too hard, yep. and then it happens again, and then your, you know, your heads are already you know spinning, and you're you're trying harder, and it makes it worse. Just one of yeah, he's a you know? type. Well, it's exactly. interesting because in
1: 2013, he was like Iceman. I mean, he just, when yeah. he went Anaheim, he just wouldn't crack. I mean, and it, it was the that Suzuki, continued. bro. Yeah, and that
0: continued through that whole. He history. was back home on the Suzuki. Yep. Yeah. I, I strongly believe. Ever since he switched, uh, when he switched to Honda, he was not the same guy. Yes, he won the Supercross championship, but I think he was he was an elder statesman in the class at that point. He was he was uh, he was set to win, and then as soon as he went to the 450 class, he had injuries. Uh, he won when there was nobody there, and as, when he switched to that Suzuki, the guy was a whole new dude, and and, did, yeah. uh, and that's how we ended up.
2: Yeah, I thought, I thought Davey ride. looked good before he crashed. I mean, I actually thought he was getting ready yeah. to move to the front, you know. And I was like, okay, here he comes, he's got, yeah, too. you know, got to put this together. But then, uh, like you said, when he, once he crashed, it was it started unraveling. But um, I think he could still come back. I mean, and you're talking about people who are prepared. Honestly, I think that uh, I think Eli is looked good. You know, he certainly looked great in practice, and I think he has the speed. I think you know, when once once it went off the rails, it went off the rails badly, but. Um, again, A1's A one's a lot of times an slot time in the main event. Yeah, I mean the the guy's got speed. I, he could come out this week and and smoke everybody, you know. And it wouldn't surprise me. I, I think yeah. it's way too early to you know say, oh, you know, Eli's season's off the rails or something. You know, he's um, he's obviously one of the most talented guys out there. He's got the speed to to win to run up front. Uh, unfortunately, putting himself in twentieth, you know, gives him a huge handicap against you know, the rest of the season, I, I don't see Roxton probably getting a 20th, you know, even if he has a bad night, he'll probably get a fourth or fifth, so that's going to be a little bit tough to make those points up, but, you know, look how fast he was a couple years ago in Supercross, you know, he, um, when he got on a roll, again, same problem, he had the propensity sometimes to throw it away, but, you know, he certainly got the speed to win, you know.
0: Absolutely. Like I said, uh, second fastest lap time of the whole night behind none other than your winner, Kenny Roxon And uh, his lap time was only one-tenth off, in fact, less than a tenth off. So he's putting in some serious speed, I think, that uh, if not for some misfortune. Uh, obviously, he put that on to himself by, by putting it on the ground, but the, the guy was on rails. And uh, I expect him to take some wins uh, this season for sure
2: yeah so I' let's talk does, a little bit yeah. about
0: who didn't get in because like uh i they they take four out of the lcq and if I was to tell you guys uh last week that in the main event you're gonna be miss, missing like after all of the hype of Jimmy Albertson getting ready to race this series that he's not gonna be in the main, Nick way's not gonna be in the main, Nat Moss is not gonna be in the main. Uh, Adam Enticknap is not going to be in the main, although that's not um, uh, we love Adam, but that not, not not super surprising. But Frederick Norin not in the game, not in the yep. main, as well as uh, Ronnie Stewart not in the not in the main, and same thing with Ben Lemay. That's six guys that, in my opinion, very well could have could have made it into the main, and uh, they didn't.
1: And you get seven guys, <laughs> and you get seven. Which, which one surprises the
0: you the most, guys? Mike, which one surprises you the most, though?
1: Who didn't? Yeah. I got. I got to go. I guess with Jimmy Albertson. since he was pretty consistent getting into the mains last year, especially towards the end. There. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was getting better, and it sounded preseason like he was very happy on that Yamaha. So it's uh, it's interesting. I don't know if you got a thought, but uh. Seven DeStucco and the LCQ actually had a pretty good run going and grabbed too much straw to come out of the he corner. He did. And I, was, like, yeah, I
0: was on the edge. of my seat. Adam.
1: He was yeah, in fifth, and all of a sudden, you see him drop. Yeah, he, he just he came he went sideways out of. front. I think he hit one of those shiny spots and just lost the rear wheel, yeah. and uh, it, it was <sighs> kind of bad. You know, interesting thing. I looked at some numbers this week. Uh, only fifty percent of the Anaheim winners have gone on to win the championship that year. So, you know, as we were saying earlier, this first race really doesn't mean, you know, that much in terms of, um, the championship. And that number somewhat affected because RC for whatever reason, has some issues winning in Anaheim, um, you know, never seemed to win there. Um, I thought that was interesting. Well,
0: I, I can think of two instances where champions uh, were dead last at the mm-hmm. first race of the year and ended up mm-hmm. pulling out championships. Both Chad Reed doing so and Ricky Carmichael doing so uh, in in their respective championship seasons. So, um, to, like they the, the the saying that you can't win it. At Anaheim, but you can lose it. Isn't exactly true either, because twenty-two points gets you uh, one point on the night, and uh, those guys have all clawed back to do so. So, uh, um, Tony, like, as far like as far as prepared and, and looked to be what you thought he was, or what where you thought he'd be. Um, so, your your pick is uh, is Tomac
2: in terms of being the most prepared. Well, I mean, I think or
0: guy 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 who kind of came he he was what you thought he would be.
2: Yeah, I, I, obviously you can't go wrong with Kenny because he won, but that that's not a surprise. Okay. But I, I think you got to put Eli right up there with him. I, I think you has got a really solid program. You know, he doesn't have um, uh, Alden Baker, but he you know his dad's you know he's pretty well known to be a guy who knows a little bit about training. Um, and I think the kid's in excellent shape. He's got incredible raw talent. Um, I think. I think easily he could he could win next week. Um I I pretty much just gonna put, you know, Anaheim more in the rearview mirror you know, if he has another massive meltdown next week, then maybe we gotta start worrying. But you know, it's not ready to hit the panic button yet. You know, it's it's way too early for that.
0: Fair enough. Uh quick sidetrack, although I know you guys are getting tired. It's almost eleven o'clock out there on the east coast. Um the broadcast. Uh, it's never been more evident to me that these guys are looking at a television screen when they can't tell you who's in the lead because the prompter hasn't changed on their screen yet.
2: What did you guys think of this? Now I went on a uh, rant on Twitter <laughs> during the race. I was right there <laughs> with you, Tony. They asked me if I was drunk because huh. I was going on so much about it. But that stupid like pylon to the left. It was making me crazy. It was like having a guy with a sign holding up next to you in the, in the stands, and you can't see what's going on. Uh, I mean, I understand. First of all. <laughs> it's yeah, like an obstructed view seat on TV. <laughs> say, say again? Fenway
1: Park has what they call obstructed view seats. You know, it's one of those old baseball parks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The that's ticket, exactly what The it ticket's a little left be because just, you're sitting behind the post, and that's what it reminds me of is an obstructed view seat at Fenway Park because you're sitting behind the post. Except that they're choosing yeah. to put it there. And not only that, well, make it worse; all, it's wrong half the time. The It, the, the, the information, yeah, it was
0: wrong half the time.
1: It, yeah, there, like was a half a, there was
0: at one line. point that they had, uh, a le- or yeah, Millsaps somehow jumped up to yeah. yep. 11th place in the middle of the race. And then they went right back down, which I'm not sure how that happened, but it did. And then uh, during, like, I think it was one of the heat races... And, or maybe it was the semi, when uh, Grant clearly got the whole shot, but it still had
1: yeah, for about someone lap.
0: else at the top, and and uh, Shaheen's just like, oh yeah, like, like so-and-so into the lead, or got the whole shot, and, uh, and Emig's like, I think you got to give the whole shot to Grant, don't you? Yeah, like, I hated it. It was, was making
2: cr- me crazy. Oh. it was, it
0: was almost, taking, up taking up one-fifth of the screen. It's way
2: too much. Of screen. It's like watching it yeah. like, in four-by-three. You know, it's like, come on, it's ridiculous. You know, yeah. Yeah, the scroll at the top, you might have to wait, you know, 20 seconds or something for it to come back around. If you want to know who's in 15th, which is fine. Or you could always just get out your iPad and put up live timing and scoring if you really want to know. Yeah, there you but,
0: go. Exactly. Uh, um, which, diehard, which for diehard fans who actually know who these guys are are doing, exactly. or they can actually anyway. watch right. the broadcast and actually watch where the camera is not pointing and be like, oh yeah, that's where that guy is. Right?
2: you want to know where he is? You go, okay, I'm going to pull up a live timing score. I'm going to see, oh, oh he's in 15. But in the camera, people didn't seem to be aware that that part of the screen was being obscured either. Like they would track the rider off into the area that you couldn't see him. I was like, oh my God. It was, I as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is ridiculous. Uh, me, again, maybe oh, I'm absolutely. on an island here, but it was making me crazy. No, you're not. No,
0: that I, I step for step, man. I, I didn't like. Uh, I, I wasn't a fan of it. It was wrong a lot because it was. I, I think it was based off of the, the, the segment times or the segments where there was different. There was obviously a, like a sensor at different, uh, it, like the splits, but obviously they don't have one right at the the first corner because you didn't it didn't wouldn't change until like the third corner or like halfway through that section so like it, it affects Ralph because Ralph is clearly watching the TV and he's watching the same thing I'm watching and there was a couple of times that the i don't know it's a, it's obviously a producing a producer issue when they go to a camera that's not on anything there was a short period of time during the two 450 main where they just showed a blank corner which was great um and yeah it's i you're you're taking up one fifth of my screen with something that used to just come along the top and i'd check it periodically with like because i know who the top five is because that's all that's all you're showing and i glance every up up every once in a while when i want to see where uh Josh Hill is
2: right. I might check that ticker twice or three times during the race. And I'm going to go, Oh wow. What, what places read up to or something, you know, but I, I don't yeah. need it up there all the time. And certainly not taking a that amount of space. It's like, Oh my God. I don't know. Anyway. So my, so,
1: my whole thing is what I would ahead, say Lee. to the Fox, what I would say to the Fox producers is, did you ever hear anybody complain about the scroll across the top? And I mean you don't yeah, really, I,
0: that's that's what I don't get.
1: It, to me it's just like they had since April to work on the production of this T V show, basically. And they fumbled. So I mean that's to me that's pretty much it. I mean, they haven't shown a race really with the exception of the Monster Cup since then. And you know, would they put an extracted view broadcast on an NFL, Major League Baseball or NHL game? The fans would freak out. Yeah, can you, out, you imagine so. if
2: they did that on the NFL and had like a, a quarter of the screen taken out? I mean, you have the little stuff. They do it subtly, like you have the graphics off to the side. So it's not instructing what the action is, but a motocross race is different. You're actually covering up part of what's going on. It's like you get at the yeah. top and the bottom. Yeah, you know, there's not That doesn't hurt your view. Um, but to put it on the top, I mean, on the side like that, it's just ridiculous. I'm just like, why is that? And then it's not even all the way to the left. There's a good... You know, um, yeah. There's know, a chunk, obviously, yeah. quarter inches. There's a little bit of the track that's being wasted. So you've actually you've right justified it even more into the screen than is. Net. If you're going to do it, make it the absolute smallest it can be and cram it all the way off to the side. But no, you're going to. Yeah. Oh my God, it was just making me crazy. I, I'm just curious, you know, if if they'll listen to any of the feedback because if you go to Vital or something, yeah, there's been a few people. I wrote a review of the race and some people were saying hey, they didn't agree with me. I understand that not everybody's kind of you see it like i do but i think the the general response i got on twitter and stuff was most people agreed that it was intrusive you know yeah i saw that I saw oh that yeah absolutely
0: fun. and and wrong that's my 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 biggest problem with
2: it <laughs> yeah, wrong exactly wrong
0: and like i like i know that that guy is not in that position because i can see it and the fact like you're you're taking away my vision of this race and you're giving me false information, which is more annoying. And like last time I checked, uh, they, I, I don't, I'm not a huge NASCAR guy, but last time I checked, they had a ticker across the top. So, like, if we're trying to emulate that broadcast, then let's not be a different broadcast. Let's, there you go. like, continue to steal their ideas.
1: Good
2: point. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, don't, I just don't understand it. <laughs> It's just like the whole thing with the social media thing. It's like all of a sudden they discovered social media, so now they're gonna like browbeat you to death with these hashtags. Um, yeah, you know, you five, have five into different into
0: the, hashtags on the go. Oh my Who's god! Next? It's
2: like five minutes into the, the the practice, you know, webcast. I was like, okay, I'm already sick of this. You know, it's like you guys <laughs> give it a rest. You know, and it's just like go oh. anyway. anyways.
0: I'm also confused in terms of what is the role of Jamie Little. Like, she's brought in, like, she's kind of the master of ceremonies of of, of sorts. Yeah. But I guess that, like, that was Ralph, who is now only the play by play guy, but then also kind of doing some masters of ceremonies guy. Like, it was actually super awkward for the very first thing because she was like, Welcome to Monster Energy Supercross, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then it was like,
2: yeah. Yeah, weird. Is that, she doing all of them though? I thought I thought during the broadcast they were. I thought it was you know because like last year they had I don't know Guy Fieri or some nonsense, and they had that uh, guy from Top Gear Rutledge the year before. I thought maybe she was Rutledge, just doing. Yeah, the, he came
0: in and did the one opener. That looked like a permanent little podium for her though, and like it was really funny when Ralph eventually got on the mic. He had a hard time not just introducing Supercross the way he does, and he was like, he basically just redid it. He was like. Well, let me be the second to welcome you to Monster Energy Supercross. I was like, oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah. It like,
0: how do you I love how that, we have a know? different broadcast every year. I've been watching Hockey Night in Canada since I was five fucking years old, and it's the same damn thing, including Bob Cole, who's 79 years old and still calling hockey games. That's what I want.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't To me, it's been downhill since David Billy and Art Ekman left, so, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amen.
2: I was—I mean, I was not uh, sad that Jamie Little was there. It was kind of cool because, you know, I think the show was pretty good when she was the sideline announcer. But when I first saw she was there, I oh, thought that's a- what she was going to be doing. I thought, I was like, oh, well, maybe she's working with Jenny Taft, you know, going to do the same thing she used to. But no, yeah, oh. if she's going to be there every week, it's redundant. It's not necessary. But, you know, if right. I understand and they I, do a little I, thing I, for the I do like opener, that they kind yeah. of
0: limited uh, Diana Dahlgren. Like Diana is basically cut down to like two little spots. Yep. And she was for most part covered up and she was totally like, marked. Honestly, I yeah, like she, her her role was, was very small, which I, I think is necessary because she's terrible at her job. She's a pair of tits <laughs> with a smile. She That's just all she is and she's doing she's doing the job that I want and she has tits so she gets it. <laughs> That's
2: not even her best. Attitude. She looks
0: uh, great though. Yeah, how do I really feel about it, Brad? Uh, <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, uh, let's press on. The broadcast, I'm sure we'll touch on it almost every single one of these, and I love the banter. But who is feeling, uh, who is feeling more of which um, emotion right now, Mike? Is Andrew Short feeling more disbelief? That he just pulled off a fifth in a one, or is Chad Reed so seething with rage that he wasn't able to cross the finish line ahead of the of the eight hundred? Which one?
1: Oh, I think I think angry Chad definitely uh, takes the cake angry in that Chad. one. Yeah, I, oh, I, angry I, Chad. I heard that there was some sort of uh, issue with his bike, and I don't know if that continued in the main or what yeah, happened he didn't there. Did not press the throttle enough? Um, but yeah, you, you know, in our preseason thing, I remember both Tony and I said, you know, don't come out shorty. He's getting better with age and boy, he sure proved us right with that finish in that race that he, uh, that he just had. Uh, he looks fantastic. He's and, aging
0: like a fine
1: wine. Yeah. And his, his interviews is he's kind of got one of those attitudes where he's just like, you know, screw it. I'm just out here having fun. And if I'm not having fun, I'm going to go trail ride. So, um, you know, when totally, when you kind of take the pressure off of yourself to perform, you're just going out and you're relaxed and you're just going fast and having fun. I think there's a huge benefit there for him. And uh, I think we're going to see a great year out of shorty. And, uh, you know, Chad's going to figure it out just like he always does. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think that, uh, the answer to your question is definitely Chad there. And, uh, I think the two, two, uh, trailer is probably a busy place over the last uh, 36 hours or so since that race.
0: No kidding. And Josh, of course, Josh Grant not having a very stellar performance either. Uh, Tony, um, same basic question to you. Like, how shocked are you that Andrew Short comes out swinging the way he does and, and sticks a top five? And, uh, and basically with all the hype surrounded with uh, Chad Reed of course J- our, our good friend JT Money remarking that he looked fast and the guy's got the best looking gear out there he's got beautiful bikes he, he, he considers himself an underdog and he's got to cross the finish line right behind the 800 I gotta think that that above all will be motivating him going forward
2: <laughs> yeah well I not to pat myself in the back, but I, I agree with Mike. I think um, my concerns going in were whether Chad would be up to speed, and also I, I, I did think that uh, Andrew would uh, do well. I, I didn't think he was going to win the first heat. Obviously, that was that was awesome, and probably actually the highlight of my entire evening was watching him beat Rocks in that first heat. But um, I, I believe he'd be, you know, up there five, six, seven, and it's kind of what he does. You know, even when he was remember. Um, but two years ago, when he he was on basically a stock CRF with um, you know, kit suspension or yep. maybe not even kit suspension, he was getting like six. I mean, the guy just does what he does. That's he right. doesn't look flashy. He doesn't, you know, scrub jumps and do all this crazy nonsense. He just puts his head down and he races. And um, I love that guy. I mean, if you don't love the guy, you know, you got something wrong with you. He's a cool dude, and uh, I'm super happy for him. The whole Chad Reed thing, I don't know what to believe. Well, you know, I love Chad as far as uh, being a fan and stuff, but it it seems like I'm a little disillusioned with him the last couple of years, like in the outdoors or whenever something's going bad. He, he alludes to something wrong, but he never really tells you what's wrong. I mean, two years ago in the outdoors, he, he kept like, like hinting, playing coy, that, oh, there's something wrong or something wrong, but he won't ever tell you what it is. So you don't know whether, yeah. is there really something wrong? Is there not something wrong? Is it an excuse? Does he just not want to be here? I, I don't know. You, know. you know, he He's kind of a, on the one hand, he's a pelt-like-it-is guy. Like you ask him in interviews and he he has no problem putting it out there. But on the other hand, he's very guarded about something. So I don't know. I, I hope he gets it turned around. I, I would love to see him win and be up front again. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Unfortunately, it all comes to an end eventually, and I just hope this year isn't, isn't it, you know?
0: Totally. You know, uh, I, I expected bigger things from him. Uh, he looked kind of off all night. I know he had some impressive times during the daytime, which is why he qualified so well. Um, but uh, maybe it is a bike problem when we see him back inside the uh, the top guys. Uh, contending for victories, and uh, of course, this is A1. This is where guys start to figure out. Uh, obviously, uh, one of the quietest nights in motocross history goes to number uh, 12th on, in your results page, Blake Baggett. Uh, on, uh, he was riding an all-black bike with all-black gear. Uh, he was lurking in the shadows. No, he was on a Suzuki. He was yellow. He was in splashy-colored uh, O'Neill gear, but nevertheless... Completely quiet out there on the track, and uh, yeah, he uh, definitely, um, definitely had some like he, he had some, like a quiet night. I would say.
2: Did that surprise but, you, um, Brad, or did you? Say, I mean, honestly, oh no, I not I at all. I, that's common, exactly.
0: Blah, that was exactly what I expected from Blake Baggett. Outside mm. the top ten, don't make no splashes do his thing uh he might have picked off a guy a couple of guys late in the moto um i'll like quickly but like we'll wrap this up uh because uh, it's it's late on your side uh starting with mike who who disappoints you uh from the 450 class um obviously there's a lot of guys who came in uh you're expecting to have good rides uh first guy that comes to mind for myself would be uh barsha who you thinking mike
1: yeah, uh, you got to give Millsaps and Tomac kind of a mulligan for this, you know, crashes, brain yeah. parts, whatever you want to call it. But to me, the guy you got to wonder about is Dean Wilson. Um, you know, new team, new bike, Yes. bad result, man, bad. You know, it just didn't look good Bad night.
2: LcQ
0: yeah. and off the pace all night long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's ooh. one of the things you had mention You had mentioned right off the hop.
1: He was we what, Second Simon, second and a half off the pace. Something like that, somewhere in there. I mean it wasn't I think he was running turning high fifty sixes, maybe fifty sevens. And uh
0: fifty seven four was his best time in the uh fifty seven four was his best time in the main event. He ended up fifteenth. Uh every single there is only one person in on the track that posted a slower <laughs> lap time than him uh, yeah. in the main event. So, yeah. and that was Tevin Tapia at a minute. So,
1: yep. And you know, I was expecting more <laughs> that, from Jake from, uh, from Jake Weaver too. Um, I was expecting him kind of come out with a chip on his shoulder, uh, healthy on a bike that he knows, um, you know, and you gotta believe that he definitely was looking to do better in a love of the place as well. So I was a little disappointed. He, par- he
0: parked Celia though.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, he did. That was, uh, that was definitely that's unusual for Jake too. It's a you know battle of the nice guys, somewhat there. Um, but yeah, totally. As, as far as like, uh, well, I think fans had a lot of expectations for Dean too, and I'm sure that Dean will turn it around and we'll see better results from him as the season progresses. But not a good start.
0: And Tony, who uh, who disappoints you from Anaheim? Although I guess uh, we we all love good racing, so there was not too many big disappointments.
2: Actually, my, my uh, thoughts to me are Mike's. Um, the guy who would concern me the most probably is Dean Wilson, because you figure Davey and Eli I th- thought both looked pretty good before they were crashing. Uh, Eli, obviously, you know, fastest guy. Um, Chad Reed, maybe we'll give him a little bit of pass if There really was a bike problem, uh, but that really does concern me. You know, his 10th finish was not good. But if you're looking at a guy who should be showing a lot better um, on a factory bike and everything else and has in the past shown speed, it's been Dean, and he, he is just off the pace. I and mean, I was concerned about him qualifying. You know, he didn't even look great in the heat of the semi or semi anything. You know, all night he was just not quite not quite right, it seemed like. I don't know it was arm pump or having problems with that KTM or what, but, um, you know, if it doesn't get turned around, it's not going to be good. You gotta wonder totally if not like the bike. It's that could be.
0: Hey. He just like it. spent yeah. the last how many years on on cowies? Like literally, yeah. that guy's been on cowies uh, since he was on eighties, and he rode Yamahas back then. So as as for as long as he's been on aluminum frames or big big bikes altogether, it's been nothing but a cowie. Uh, obviously, like these guys spend a lot of time on bikes; they're extremely dialed in, uh, and that Kawasaki hasn't actually changed a whole lot in the last four years of, 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 of its progression. So uh, he'd be very tuned into the characteristics of that aluminum-framed Cowie, and now with a Cromali-framed KTM, and the fact that they're on uh, also, uh, it's been reported that uh, their factory bikes, like their race bike, um, parts for them have, have been kind of sh- in short order. So, uh, who's to say that his bike's where he needs it to be right now. So, um, he might be behind the, behind the eight ball big time going into Phoenix.
2: Yeah, maybe so. I mean, he looked pretty, you know, he looked good at the Red Bull straight rhythm thing. You know, he looked, obviously that's not a real Supercross race or anything, but he, you know, I, I, I'd just be curious if, was he getting arm pump? Was he just, just off? You know, what was going on, you know, because, you know, last year, even when he wasn't winning, he still would show flashes of speed. You know, he definitely had the speed. Maybe he'd, you know, fade back or something. But, you know, you just never saw the speed this week. It was just not there. Never really (laughs) seen it since Daytona. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he didn't have it outdoors, that's for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, know, uh, the kid won a title a couple years ago, and, you know, he could barely sniff the top five, you know, most races. it was. Yeah, it's pretty brutal.
0: Right on. So final thoughts on Anaheim one, 2015. Uh, this is a very early in the supercross series. Uh, we'll be releasing this tomorrow morning for everyone's listening enjoyment. Uh, Mike, uh, your final thoughts on Anaheim one and now going into, uh, Phoenix.
1: Sure. Uh, going into Phoenix, um, you know, hoping for a better track for certain, uh, hoping for some closer racing. Um, I thought it was really interesting that the top Kawasaki rider, uh, coming off of four straight championships, the top Kawasaki rider was 10th place, Chad Reed. Uh, you gotta believe that Kawasaki factory is not happy about that at all. And, uh, what a huge adjustment for Mike J, huh? When you think about he's come from winning four straight championships to, to, uh, what's going on now. So. Um uh, totally. Going back to Especially Mike Williamson. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh going back to yeah. the teams, uh, you know, the team finishes. Uh your number one team in the four fifty class was RCH. So there's another kind of huge shift change too. Of course, you know, money buys that, but you got uh you know, you got Kenny winning and you got uh Brock Tickle with a real nice finish in eighth place. Uh So they they kind of uh, leave Anaheim with top team. And actually, believe it or not, second-place team overall with the same thing as uh, Joe Gibbs Racing uh, with the 6th and the 7th. So I thought that was kind of interesting, too. You wouldn't have thought that based on kind of overall results. But as far as uh, two guys in the top 10, there you go.
0: Fair enough. No, I I think uh, there's uh, a lot of guys have room for improvement and uh we're gonna see some good racing going forward as long as we see some uh improvement in the tracks and see a lot more uh one eighties. Uh Tony, uh what do you take away from Anaheim and uh what are you hoping to see uh from uh this Saturday's race from um from where they play football in uh Anaheim? Actually are they no, they don't play at the Anaheim the
2: football. Yeah, That's right. They play with the
0: Diamondbacks' place. So, uh, um, what are you expecting?
2: Well, the first thing I'll say is I'm super pumped that Supercross uh, is back. I I love it no matter whether it's a boring race or an exciting race. No matter where Stewart's in or out or whoever's racing, I'm just excited to see motocross and Supercross. So It's my favorite time of the year when yeah. when the season starts up again and um i'm just i just love the sport i've loved the sport my whole life and it just i'm just psyched to see some racing um i would love to see it be a little more uh interesting track usually um you know phoenix is usually a pretty good track it it should be um hopefully a little more technical than last week i'm hoping we get to see a little better racing because uh as exciting as it was just have super cross back you actually look at it you know just take all the emotion out of it. It's a pretty boring race. I mean, both the mains were just, you know, whole shot and check out. There really wasn't any passing. So I'm hoping to see a battle. I'd love to see somebody new win, you know, uh, see if Jesse Nelson's for real, see if Roxanne can make it two in a row. I think there's a lot of great stories. You know, I'd love to see a guy like Trey put it up there and see if uh, Jason, Jason Anderson is really, you know, got the speed to win. Uh, there's so many great stories this year and I'm just uh, looking forward to watching them play out every week.
0: And as we will, on behalf of myself, Brad Gebhardt, Mike Sweeney, and Tony Blazer, working on getting you guys some shirts made up so you can uh, wear them while we broadcast, and I will be expecting pictures to prove so. <laughs> um, Anaheim One Review, appreciate your time, giving me uh, an hour, an hour and a 15 minutes of your time. Uh, you guys get to bed. We'll do this again in one week's time uh, before I head to Anaheim two. For that race looking forward to it Um, you guys have yourselves a good night and uh, thanks again boys
1: thank you good night
0: thank you for listening to the Big MX podcast brought to you by X-Brand Goggles be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content